Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Black Point Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello, and welcome to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil, and I own Black Point Insurance. At Black Point, we help Medicare beneficiaries nationwide learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Through this process, we meet some very amazing individuals, dynamic, smart people who are owning their own businesses, they're entrepreneurs, they're side hustlers, they're people in their encore career, people who are doing tremendous good work in their community by volunteering or advocating for specific causes, authors, uh, comedians, celebrity chefs, and more. You name it, we've done the interview. And I really love enjoying bringing all of these stories to all of you. And I'm super excited about today's guest. If you're like me, everybody loves a story of transformation. Uh, Today's guest, Mark Davis, is the epitome of transformation. Uh, In Mark's before stage, let's say, uh, he was a man in his 30s, 368 pounds, struggling with his health and the healthcare system, not getting the support he needs. And now he's in a current stage where he's an 185-pound Ironman competitor. So talk about uh, a transformation. This is major. So today, I'm so excited to introduce Mark. He's going to tell us his inspirational story um, and how he learned from a compassionate physician, an exercise program, and better nutrition to get him on a life-changing path. He's an accomplished trainer, helping over a thousand people meet their goals. He can connect with them where they are because he's been there. And he brings his experience to the tough cases. So I am so excited, especially as we kick off uh, 2024, to bring on health and fitness expert and motivator, Mark Davis. So welcome, Mark. Come on back from backstage and say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for (laughs) joining. Yeah, exactly. Big hellos. Uh, We're really happy to have you on, Mark. This is really exciting to have you on. Your story is incredible. Uh, I loved reading about you and getting to know you, and I'm so glad to bring you to my audience today. So uh, why don't you do that? Start us off. Tell us your story. What led you to where you were on your 30s, and how did you transform things to where you are now? Well, growing up uh, from birth to teenage years, I I was an athlete. I was playing a lot of sports, basketball, football, and I ran track. And uh, when I... uh, went out on my own, had my own condo. Uh, that's when things started to go bad. I had a girlfriend uh, totally dump me, which uh, really upset me and set me off. And I started uh, feeding my, uh, you know, body with uh, bad stuff. You know, like uh, occasional beer I would have. I didn't have an alcohol problem, but I might as well have one because uh, it was pretty serious. So I was on antidepressants getting regular, uh, you know, th- therapy. And uh, one thing that set me off is uh, when I was 34, when I started this journey, uh, I was getting uh, a lot of support from uh, people at work when I was, as I was losing the weight. 
And, uh, you know, I was there for that four years after I made the decision to, uh, you know, change my lifestyle. And I guess one specific incident that set me off was uh, my, uh, I was at Knott's Berry Farm and they had this giant ride that had a 20 foot restraining bar to restrain everybody. And when they tried to put it down, they couldn't put it down because my butt, my gut was out too far. So the kids said, sorry, sir, you have to get off. And I was humiliated you yeah. know, and angry, but, but not at the kid, you know, I was angry at myself. So, uh, you know, they say that depression is anger turned inward. That was true in my case. So I stood on that little point and uh, I, you know, got appointed with a doctor, Dr. Deborah Gold at Kaiser, San Francisco. And uh, she was wonderful. Uh, I had some real bad doctors, you know, like this one guy says, well, you're considerably overweight. Have you ever tried Slim Fast? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, come on. Yeah, that was pretty bad. The other thing that would happen is, uh, you know, I was getting high blood pressure along with a bunch of other problems. But uh, when you're 368 pounds, your arms is too big for the blood pressure cuff. So the, I remember a few times the person, the nurse or somebody would say, uh, hey, we need the obesity cuff over here. And uh, she would say what, Mark? We need the, the obesity cuff. Oh, wow. Or the fat cuff, you know. And uh, that was one thing that was bad about visiting doctors. The other thing I just can't understand how they could be so um, lack all empathy and you know respect, right? I mean, that doesn't seem like that would help. It seems like it would really hinder you in getting better. Yeah, well, you know, there are good doctors and there, there's bad doctors, and I think there's more good doctors than bad. But uh, I, I advise everybody out there watching this to if you don't have a doctor. Find out uh, from your friends, uh, you know, check out the, the websites and figure out who the good doctors are and then make an appointment. That way you, you have a good doctor on your team you know, if your health takes a bad turn, which it did in my case. But uh, So tell us a little bit more about this doctor you met and what was different about her and how that got you on the right track. Well... You know, she uh, advised me to get some exercise equipment that I could uh, use consistently. And uh, I also needed to get a scale because the scales they had at Kaiser, they would max out at 350. And that was another thing. They had me get up on the scale. And I was telling them, it's up to, up, up to 350. Why are you measuring this? So that was kind of demeaning also. But uh, so Dr. Gold... Uh, you know, recommended some exercise equipment and uh, a scale, proper scale. So I went out and got it right away. I got, I spent like 1700 bucks and got a, a life cycle. It's a, you know, electronic uh, exercise equipment. And then I also got the scale. And I found everybody supported. The guy that delivered the scale said to me that he got uh, terminated from the army because he was too overweight. So he was giving me- A lot of people a could connect with your story. Yeah. Well, especially since they had, they had that exercise bike there and had a scale, it's pretty obvious what it was trying to do. Right, exactly. And well, it, why do you think you were so motivated to do it? I mean, it seems like, you know, you talked to her, she gave you this advice, you you pretty much rushed out and got it. Like, what was driving that? Was that just your worries about your health or what was what came underneath to get you going on that? Well, I was worried about my health and I was also very sensitive and self-conscious about my weight. And uh, as far as the health is concerned, 
I could feel my body shutting down. Uh, you know, when I got to 330 pounds, approximately, it's like a circuit breaker went off and everything started going bad. I got severe edema. Uh, I couldn't wear normal shoes. My feet were really swollen. And, uh, you know, I was both scared of what was happening. And also there's the ego involved too. I was really angry about that roller coaster incident. Right. Yeah. So all so, of that kind of led you to be motivated and then just connecting with that right person uh, got you on the right track. You know, I've heard you say uh, that the problem wasn't what you were eating, but what was eating you. What do you mean by that? And how did it help you kind of deal with the emotional side of eating? Well, I, I recognized uh, after a couple of years of therapy that uh, I needed this therapy to help me with my weight. And uh, you know, uh, I needed uh, to connect my weight to my psyche. And that was pretty tough at the beginning. I was an angry person. And uh, I was still gaining weight after I gained therapy. And they were trying different antidepressants on me. And they got better ones now. But boy, the ones they had back then, uh, there's side effects and everything. So I tried I tried something. And it's not like they could take a blood draw and then say, OK, you've got depression. You've got this type of depression. Right. It's a qualitative analysis. So uh, you know, once, once, through, right, trial and error, trying to find that combination. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I didn't like myself. I really, really didn't like myself. And, you know, as far as uh, being suicidal, I mean, I thought about it, but uh, I think even above that, what I thought about is, God, do I have to be on this earth this long? You know, I was like, what wanted to die? But uh, what turned me around was uh, the roller coaster incident. And then, uh, the beginning of my weight loss journey, my dad was a huge influence. Um, he was uh, dying of cancer. And, uh, you know, he was the first one to notice that I lost weight. When you're 368 pounds, uh, you could lose 20 pounds or so, and nobody will notice. But uh, he commented on my weight, and he said, well, that's really good. And then he got up uh, from his bed at home, and he was walking toward the closet, not to trip over all the cords they had in it, you know. And he, uh, he pulled out this shirt. It was a Mexican Guayabera shirt. And he, he motioned for me to try it on. So I started to put it on, and I couldn't button it. It was too small. And I said, Dad, it doesn't fit. And he looked me right in the eye, and he said, it will. Wow, how motivating. Yeah. and That's he, incredible. He, uh, you know, he died a couple of weeks after that. And you know, a lot of people have that happen to them, and they don't get the message. But I definitely got the message. And I had that shirt and I kept that shirt whenever I felt like I couldn't do it. I didn't have what it takes. I would think about that shirt. So ultimately what happened is the shirt ended up being too big for me. Wow. And, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> at, at that point in time, I could tell this stuff now because I couldn't then, but my waist, I had a 54 waist and a 64 chest. Wow. Yeah, I still have that suit. I, it could fit like three people inside that suit. Wow, that's unbelievable. Mark, you know, I mean, when you get to that point of sort of self-loathing and what you went through with the breakup and everything like that, you know, you know, you're eating for 
a reason, you know, something's infecting you inside that, you know, is, is attacking you kind of thing. And it sounds like your dad was the source of motivation, but, you know, what was your deep root cause? Like what was causing that? And have you been able to get past it and love yourself? Yeah, well, I, I did, you know, and uh, I did lots of private therapy with one-on-one -on -one, and I did group therapy where there'd be eight people, you know, approximately equally divided between male and female. And it was, uh, that was something that I had to figure out because, uh, you know, I would go through yo-yo uh, diets and, you know, yo-yo uh, changes in my body. And I had to figure out how to be more consistent. And it really started with liking myself. And, uh, you know, like if I see somebody from high school on the street, I'd like turn the other way or hide. And uh, I go to Rochester Big and Tall. And then I'd buy a suit. And when I came outside, I'd actually take the, the bag that the suit came in and turn it over so you couldn't see it came from Rochester. You know, but, uh, but yeah. You had a, I, lot, a lot to work through there. There, there was a lot. And the, the guys at Rochester, actually, I, I should give them a shout out too because they were real nice about helping me find suits and stuff. Because, you know, you go in, when you're way 368, you go into a clothing store, you're going to get noticed real quick. And uh, a lot of judgment. Yeah, a lot of judgment. And you know, it's a good place to go. I, I actually saw Willie McCovey, the Giants' first baseman there one time. Wow, cool. Yeah, so that, that was a cool thing about going there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had all kinds of indicators that I needed to lose weight. For example, I decided I wanted to uh, get a private pilot's license. So I booked a lesson over the phone. And when I showed up at the airport, there's my instructor. And he looks me up and down. And he says, oh, we need a bigger plane. And wow. uh, he, he was serious. You know, so we got a bigger plane. But, uh, you know, like uh, I had a car that the uh, driver's seat broke. It broke where you come back like this. And uh, I actually <laughs> asked the uh, mechanic guy in the shop, how this happened. And he, you know, he didn't roll his eyes. He, he said, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're taking up too much of the seat, but, uh, you know, I, I had other stuff, uh, like I, I adopted the nom de guerre, uh, you know, the warrior name ex big man, because I'd go everywhere I'd go, people would actually come up to me and go, Hey, big man. You know, I'd be at a Giants game and they'd say, hey, big man. And I hated that. Yeah. So, so I, I made X big man. I got a logo. Uh, looks kind of like a superhero. Perfect. Yeah. And that's, uh, so what you are. So, you know, Mark, when I think about your experiences, especially early on when you were seeing providers that were really insensitive. I mean, some of the stories, you know, of the blood pressure cuff and just, you know, the way they would speak to you and treat you. And I feel like a lot of trainers, educators, healthcare providers, you know, it's kind of like, well, just don't eat that or try slim fast or whatever, all these quick hit kinds of things. And as you described, there's good ones and bad ones, right? But I just yeah. feel like being overweight is such an epidemic, right? I mean, it's across our country, it's everywhere. What could be done to help providers come along, I guess, and support people in need better? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think they should have sensitivity training. You know, uh, 
I mean, when a person weighs 368, they come to a doctor, they're just really scared about it and they're bummed out about it too. And at the health club I worked at, uh, you know, very rarely I would get somebody that was close to what I was at 368 and they would have to walk into this club and everybody would notice them. You know, I, I, I had a guy I was training one time and there was a, a woman at the opposite end of the uh, weight room and she was fairly overweight and she was doing weights. And this guy that I was training says, uh, oh, would you look at that? You know, he was being real mean about it. And I just said, hey, you know, uh, Mr. Universe yourself. Right. 100%. I mean, and people just like lie in judgment, right? I think the sensitivity training is a great idea. And I feel like that would help a lot. And just as a society, you know, appreciating people actually trying to help themselves too. She's there working out, trying her best and people are making fun of her. That's a terrible, terrible scenario. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, now, they, they, oh, go ahead. They, they have a, a chain of health clubs here and they advertise to you regularly on the radio and they say there are no judgment zone which uh that's a great thing saying it's no judgment zone that's how it needs to be doesn't it so yeah now mark tell me a little about your background i mean you weren't always a fitness guru and motivator and even when you went on this journey you still were doing the the cpa path i can't think of anything farther away from motivator trainer all that kind of thing and so how did you know that it was really your calling to move away from being a CPA? What happened and how did you end up knowing you weren't really on the right path? Well, I, I worked at PG&E and I was there 13 and a half years. Wow. But, uh, you know, I, I worked in the group that uh, managed the nuclear fuel for Diablo Canyon uh, nuclear fuel plant. And well, that was another thing uh, when I was really overweight we'd have the company jet and they jot down what your weight was, you know, they're trying to balance the jet. And I did not ride a jet for a long time, but, uh, so I was, I never had a passion for accounting. It just something that, uh, college counselor said to me, he says, uh, well, you know, you, you, you'd be an accountant. You'll be always, always employed. True. But, <laughs> but, well, you know, I actually, originally I wanted to be an FBI agent. That would have been cool. <laughs> well, they're, all their agents are either lawyers or uh, CPAs. Ah, interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I went ahead and got the accounting degree, and uh, I did interview with the FBI, but uh, ultimately I decided not to do it. I wanted to stay in San Francisco where I was born and raised. But I remember being in meetings and just how boring it was sometimes talking about figures. We actually got in a meeting where they were arguing about the size of a margin, and that argument went on for an hour and a half. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking, uh, "Boy, I don't need this. I got to." This is uh, not my passion, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, it, long after uh, I started working at PG&E, uh, they had layoffs, and because they're cutting back at Diablo Canyon. And uh, I got a phone call on my day off and my boss telling me that they're uh, laying me off. Mm. You know, and so I was freaked out about that. But the next day I went into the office and I found out that uh, I could either uh, try to get a job somewhere else in the company or I could take the package. And the package was a year and three quarters pay. Wow, so, that was good. Yeah, 
That's a way yeah. to launch. Yeah. So I thought, you know, there's a message here for me. I mean, you know, God's like telling me to go out there and uh, do some good. And I had an athletic background, as I said earlier. So uh, I decided to do it the right way. I wasn't going to uh, do these uh, courses that are, uh, you know, take home books or something. I want to do something substantial. So you see Berkeley Extension had uh, a program at the time all about exercise. It was like 10 course, you know, 10, uh, course uh, program. So I did that. I learned a lot. I learned I studied exercise physiology and anatomy and, uh, you know, what goes on with the heart and diabetes and all that other stuff. And uh, when I was done with the class, uh, the teacher, right, the professor I had, she was an executive at the San Francisco Bay Club. And I never told her about my weight during the whole class. And like on the final class, I walked up to her and I showed her a picture of me when I was at 368. And, I, you know, and I said, that's how I used to be. And I'm, I'm looking to be a personal trainer. So she facilitated that. Uh, to, she referred me to a guy at the Bay Club named Dwayne Franks. Great guy. He's a fitness uh, uh manager and uh he was also an ironman triathlete and he, he's the one that got me into doing triathlons um uh, and that, that took quite a bit too because uh once again i had something i had to overcome you know ironman is like 2.4 mile swim 112 mile bike and 26.2 marathon you're hurting me already mark that sounds crazy but like obviously you pulled it off uh in record style right yeah, well, you know, uh, the first one I did or attempted to do, they have a, a bike cutoff and a run cutoff. You have to make the bike cutoff or you're disqualified. You're off. I missed the bike cutoff by five minutes. Mm. And boy, I was bummed about that. But once again, the, the ego that I had and the, the anger, I turned on myself and I go, I got to do this. I, I got to do this. It fueled you to be successful the next time, right? Yeah, but, you know, I, I had to learn how to swim. And I, I got pushed in a pool when I was a, a toddler and I was drowning. Oh, no. Yeah, my grandfather pushed me and he thought that that would be the way I would learn. Wow, that's so scary. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I had a phobia about uh, deep water. Can't blame and, you. And the first uh, triathlon I did, you probably heard of it. It's uh, Escape from Alcatraz. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you get these giant boats they have for tourists or parties and they have it loaded with triathletes in their wetsuits and then they'll it's like being the military paratrooping uh, all of a sudden they'll say okay next five line up go 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 and you're jumping and i remember uh i jumped off and i never jumped off a boat in my life like that i started swimming and one thing that really helped me was i had a wetsuit on everybody wears a wetsuit because it's so cold there but the wetsuit gives you a lot of buoyancy so I uh, swam in and I had a pretty good swim time for me. You know, for me, it was good, not, not for other people, but. Um, All about the personal best, right? Yeah. And uh, so I did the swim okay. And then I, I got on my bike. I started doing the bike course. And there's a point uh, where you come out of Golden Gate Park and you make a sharp right. And as I was pedaling my bike, I heard like some metal sound, like metal hitting the asphalt, the ping sound. I'm wondering what that was. Next thing I know, my foot is loose. Oh, no. Yeah. What happened was I was losing my crank, uh, losing my pedal on the bike. 
So because that was an area where they had uh, extreme activity, they had a lot of police there. And I laid my bike down and I'm looking at this, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden I heard this voice say, does any of this stuff help you? And I look and it's a San Francisco motor police department motorcycle captain. And uh, so anyway, he got two of his guys, they're big SWAT team guys, and they held on my bike and he handed me a riot baton. And I put the pedal on. I started hitting it with the riot baton as hard as I could. And the third one, it, it, it came in there. And that happened about the halfway point. And uh, when I made it in, uh, you know, the uh, pedal fell off just when I got into the finish. Did you still make the time that time? Were you able to get the time on that run? Oh, yeah. Well, my time was really slow because I I was probably struggling with to do with that bike for about 20, 30 minutes. Uh, oh the cops God. They weren't there right away. I think the uh, guy's name is Captain Roy Sullivan. I wrote a letter to the police chief thanking the cop. You know, and he wrote me back. But uh, so I, I was hooked uh, after I did the escape from Alcatraz. And then I, I told you the next year I attempted Ironman Canada, didn't make it. And uh, the uh, following year, this is on my third try. You know, the third try is supposed to be the charm. It was in Utah, and uh, there was Provo Lake. And at the beginning of the swim, there was like swells of water, like 15 to 20 feet. And I was out there trying to swim, and I'm swallowing a lot of water. And I looked around, and a bunch of people are getting out of there quick, and they're getting up standing on these rocks. I'm going, why are they getting out? This is supposed to be a triathlon. Oh, no. But, what was it? Well, once again, it was my ego. I, I was determined to, to do the swim. And this guy in a, a jet ski roars up to me and he's blowing his whistle like a cop. And he said, the swim's been terminated. I've been instructed to take you out of the water. And I said, I didn't come all this way not to do the swim. I, I'm going to do the swim. So just point the way and I'll go there. So he pointed it towards the, there was actually a huge uh, U.S. Coast Guard helicopter. And they were getting people out of the water that way, rescue. But the water calmed down. And I managed to make it to, to shore. And then they uh, they paused the entire triathlon for two hours trying to figure out how they should do it, and they ended up having us go to a uh, you know a half Ironman distance. And uh, oh, and also this is somebody drowned during that swim. Oh, no, oh, that's so scary. Yeah, I I cried a few times uh, thinking about that guy as I was running. Yeah. But, uh, so it was like, came into the uh, football stadium in Provo. I sprinted at the, to the finish line, which is something I always do. That's my signature, sprinting the last 50 yards. And my wife got a picture of me. And then there was this kid that seemed really shy. And he was like a 20-year-old version of myself. And he came up to me and he wanted to get this picture taken with me. And that was kind of like my Mean Joe Green, uh, you know, Coke commercial. You know, like, hey, kid, you know, he throws a jersey. I didn't have a jersey to throw to him, but, uh, but yeah, that uh, stuck with me. I still keep in contact with the kids just every once in a while. Right. Such a, such a big connection point. Sounds like that was all around, you know, an incredible experience and some highs and some serious lows, too. That, that took a lot. And I, you know, I, I did a lot of media, too. Um, you know, the one the Ironman Utah, that was the first one they were doing. They ended up inviting me to the press conference. And I sat there telling my story. And I ended up on the front page of the paper. 
on a uh, 20 to 30 minute radio show and TV. And uh, I think I actually got more press than the professional triathletes got. <laughs> well, you deserve it with a story like yours. You know, well, Marco, I wanted to ask you a question, just kind of reverse gears a little bit. Uh, we've had, we have some physician experts on uh, one of our shows. We have Ensure Your Health, which is physician community comms and talks. And we had um, a bariatric, bariatric surgeon specialist come on who, um, actually specializes in weight loss in general. And one of the things we learned from him was, you know, how being overweight uh, causes so many different conditions. And he actually considers um, obesity or being overweight a chronic condition. And I was just curious, you know, do you consider it a chronic condition? What would be your perspective on that? When you say chronic condition, you mean it's something that goes on and on, right? It is like, so it's kind of like, um, I liken it to how he was describing it. Like we consider alcoholism, um, you know, a disease, right? And so if somebody is a recovering alcoholic and hasn't drank in years, they, they're not drinking anymore, but it's still a chronic condition that ails them. And, you know, they need to be mindful of that and that type of thing. So I liken it that he's looking at obesity the same way. And I'm just curious, is, is that your perspective as well? Or do you think you can kick it and be done? Or is it something that you always have to be mindful of? Well, let me tell you, uh, I told you I got a lot of media. I got contacted by the producer of uh, Oprah Winfrey about being on the show. And, uh, you know, I got this voicemail and they said, yeah, this is Oprah Winfrey's uh, producer. Well, you know, they gave me a phone number and I call him right away. And this was like at uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. 4 p.m. They had a courier come out to get all my TV stuff, all the tapes I had on me and everything. Wow. But I mentioned the chronic condition. Uh, I am not getting on the show. The guy that did get on the show lost uh, something like 330 pounds in one year. Now, let me tell you something. That's like the obvious, that's the opposite of chronic condition. Uh, you don't want to lose weight that fast because, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of problems. You're not going to be eat properly. And uh, so I wish the guy best. I've tried to contact him, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he bounced back to where he was. So, yeah, I mean. It's a slow the, process and you have to develop the habits and the skills and do the work. It sounds yeah, like. I lost my brother in December. I'm and. He was overweight his entire life. Uh, well, not entire. I mean, he started getting chubby when he was 10. But by the time, uh, you know, he, he got huge. He's shorter than me, but he weighed more than I did. And uh, he just couldn't get with it. You know, I mean, he was with a bunch of friends at a sushi place. And they asked him to leave. These guys were eating too much sushi. Wow. <laughs> it was like an all-you-can-eat kind of thing? or Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, God. And at my brother's memorial, I asked one of his best friend, I said, is that true? Did that happen? He goes, yeah, that happened. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it goes along with a lot of, uh, you know, the chronic diseases. To, I'm so sorry I, to hear about your brother. That must be really hard to, to cope with, especially when you, you know, see that it can be different, too, um, with the right support and help. Yeah, it can be different. And it, the, the hard part is taking that first step. And the first step I took is I, earlier I said I bought a life cycle and I got on that life cycle and turned it on and started pedaling. And I was in such bad shape that I could only pedal it for two minutes and I had to get off. And, but uh, 
where I succeeded, a lot of people don't succeed, is I didn't give up. Because you can't think like, oh, two minutes is not going to do me any good. You got to figure out that you do two minutes and then you get on it and it's next is three minutes and you get on it. Pretty soon it's All a half those hour. are better than zero minutes, right? So it's like slow build and, and you did it. You're 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 incredible. This is incredible to, to hear from you on this, Mark. And I, I know now, I mean, after you kind of retired from the CPA career, you, you went on this journey with the Bay Club and got connected with doing the training the right way and really became, um, you know, an advocate, personal trainer, coach of hundreds and hundreds of people and help put them on the path um, of good health. And so what I'm curious about is if people want to connect with you uh, to get started, um, what's your typical client profile and then how is it best for them to get in touch with you? Well, I should say as far as typical uh, client, uh, you know, I, I carry different types of uh, clients at the Bay Club all the way from uh, beginning swimming to uh, guys that were doing marathons and doing Ironman triathlons. And uh, the, the, the target I really wanted to go on, I never was able to do it, is I wanted to yeah, train somebody that was my size and get them down to, you know, and unfortunately it never happened. I, I told you that uh, this guy was very brave. Uh, you know, I met him in the uh, lobby of the Bay Club, and you just tell looking at him that he's kind of looking around like this, and he's extremely self-conscious. And uh, that didn't work out, actually. But uh, I have trained uh, other people, like people bring their kids to me. And, you know, uh, I would train uh, older adults. The oldest one I trained was 86. Wow. Yeah. And, but... Uh, I, I don't train people that are star athletes. Uh, you know, I, I train real people that have real big problems. Right. And you kind of coach them through with the lifestyle, the the exercise program, the connection of personal to, to figure this thing out. Um, Mark, do people have to be a member of the Bay Club to schedule a consultation with you? Well, I'm no longer with the Bay Club, uh, but they, they should go directly to my website, like we said earlier www.xbigman.com. Okay. So if I, if I go on to www.xbigman.com, then what would the process be, Mark? Would I fill out some information about myself and you would get back to me or how would that process get started? Well, I would, uh, you know, meet him in person or on the telephone. Actually, I trained before Zoom was invented, I trained people online. Uh, one guy was up in Canada. Uh, so yeah, the first thing I do, if I, if I got somebody that had a lot of weight to lose, uh, I do a health assessment of the person and have them go to his doctor to, just to check in. And my experience with doctors has been, I've had doctors as clients, but uh, I never once had a doctor tell any client of mine, uh, no, you shouldn't exercise, don't do it. Don't come across that very often, right? Maybe yeah. it's like, be careful, but definitely get go for it, right? Yeah, the doctors would be thrilled if their patients exercised. Um, but yeah, there was one guy that uh, just wasn't going to make it. He, he was a doctor. He ended up having a tummy tuck or the bariatric surgery. And there's a lot of uh, side effects with that. It, it, they, they mentioned that to me as an option when I was really overweight and 
I would have to lose like 40 or 50 pounds before they could do the operation. Right. I've heard people gain a lot of weight back after bariatric surgery as well. Is that because they don't deal with the emotional side of things or why does that happen? Yeah, they, uh, they just figured to leave it up to the, the surgeon to put the uh, staples in him. And I had this one client and he was a medical doctor and he was a CEO of a large uh, HMO and he was really overweight. And, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, he, he wanted to get uh, special surgery. And in order to do that, he had to get statements from like his doctor and his personal trainer. So I, I'm against bariatric surgery, but this guy's case, you know, I figured, okay, let's, let's do it. What I do remember, I didn't put this in the letter, but what I remember is he missed at least half of the training sessions. You know, you blow them off. And, you know, you just got to be consistent because that uh, tummy tucks, it's not tummy tuck, I'm sorry, it's tummy staple. Uh, there's a lot of people doing that now. Yeah. And uh, it's got, like I said, it's got side effects. You know, you, you get flatulence, uh, you burp a lot. And uh, Al Roker of the Today Show was talking about that because he had that operation. Yeah, it definitely has its impact and feel like, you know, you still have to do the work to change things. Otherwise, you'll find yourself back in, in that situation. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of ask you, you know, I, I know you've developed a sort of beginning exercise program. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Is it for all ages? How do people sign up? Well, once again, they go to my website. You know, and they, they email me, uh, mark at xbigman.com. And uh, as far as the beginning thing, when I uh, take them out to the exercise floor, we have a lot of different, we had, I'm out of the Bay Club now, but we had a lot of great uh, machines. And uh, I would start them out on uh, machines, but if somebody's really obese. I have had a couple of clients that were so big, they couldn't, they couldn't do the machine. They're too big for to, trying to get in there and sit on the seat. But uh, I start them off slow and I show them how to do the exercise and do it in good form so they uh, benefit from it and they don't hurt injure themselves. And then I'd also talk to them about uh, what they're doing when they're not around me and talk about the eating and uh, the, uh, you know, doing aerobic exercise of some sort. Right. And when, when you're real big, once again, it's, people have an all or nothing mentality. And somebody will go outside and run and they get wounded after one minute and they give it up. But you got to stay with it. A little uh, bit. Yeah. And my, uh, a lot of the larger clients that have them on a treadmill uh, and we have it at, at a slight angle upward because uh, treadmill actually, you can't see this, but it's actually a slight decline. And that's oh. hard. That's hard on the knees. So uh, I haven't used the treadmill I do remember one time I was doing pro bono training for this guy that was a, a, a bishop of a 5,000 member black congregation in a Baptist church, uh, Reverend Green. And he was great. But uh, one time the Reverend wanted to get up on a treadmill. and I, I was trying to talk him out of it. And he got up on it and it just went, bam, it stopped. Oh, no. oh. but, uh, you know, I, I was just thankful that happened because, boy, he could have gotten really hurt. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm curious, Mark. I mean, I, you, you're talking about, you know, you did some things virtually even before Zoom and you did some things 
um, you know, in person where you're putting people on machines and, and helping them through. But today, you know, with your business, do you see most clients virtually? How, how do you get connected with most of your clients and, and where do you take care of them? Well, that's something I'm still working on. Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, not the personal one. I have a personal one too, but I got the one where I'm a, uh, athlete. The and, uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'd like to contact these people and, you know, training them virtually was great. Uh, you know, NBC profiled me on, uh, Scafe Malcatraz. I got three and a half minutes of airtime, more than any of the pros once again. And, uh, after that, I actually had people coming to me at the Bay Club that saw me on TV. And, you know, people come and tell me their story. And there's this one that was absolutely beautiful, 27-year-old uh, woman. And uh, her boyfriend prior to his wife made a crack about her weight. And that set her off. So she was coming to me for help, which is really, you know, I, I th think I, she could have helped me more. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I also speak Spanish and uh, I did an interview in Spanish. It's up on my website. It's amazing. One of my life goals, speak Spanish myself. So I admire that so much. Perfecto. But I found out that uh, one of my clients, uh, I just happened to mention that. And she said to me, she goes, yeah, that's why I came here at the Bay Club and signed up with you because I figured they have somebody like you working at the Bay Club, they're doing something right. 100%. That's amazing. You know, I guess like one thing I wanted to ask you, Mark, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, probably yourself back in the day, and a lot of people I talked to, probably every friend and family member that I know, uh, a lot of people are involved in sort of yo-yo dieting and exercise, you know, both diet and exercise. I did some, I didn't. Maybe it's it's kind of speaks to your all or nothing mentality you know, what advice would you have for getting people off of the roller coaster of all that and moving towards true lifestyle changes? What would you advise? Well, I would say uh, dump the supplements because uh, that includes SlimFast. You know, they, they really don't do any good uh, long-term. And, uh, you know, I do not sell supplements to my website. That's one thing I'll, I'll never do. But, uh, they need to make exercise a regular part of their daily lifestyle and, you know, maybe park the car further away from uh, the health club and get additional walking that way and uh, taking the stairs instead of, uh, you know, uh, walking, uh, you know, like uh, on an elevator. And actually I was working for a CPA firm and during busy season, I lost seven pounds just taking the stairs, not the uh, elevator. So, you know, the key to yo-yo dieting is you just, uh, you get food that you like to eat and uh, you control it with portion control. But, uh, you know, the yo-yo dieting, people get these god-awful things to eat, like uh, I, I never eat grapefruit. You know, uh, that was a bad one. Some th things I would eat when I was sort of my weight, I'd eat uh, a can of uh, tuna. And I got, I got a hatred for tuna after a while. <laughs> it, tuna it, never made a comeback after that. <laughs> I recently I, I recently came back and I got a uh, Betty Crocker recipe to make the tuna fish sandwiches. And I made tuna fish sandwiches. It was great. So I'm back in love with tuna fish tuna sandwiches. Tuna got back in the circulation. It took years, right? So yeah. I, I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, people get so restricted and then, you know, they come to hate those foods. It just feels... 
negative. And then it, what I'm hearing you say too, is just small little life size change or lifestyle changes make a big impact. Take the stairs, like just walk a little further, you know, walk to the store versus drive or whatever, like little things can add up uh, to meaningful results. So that's really awesome advice. Yeah. Well, you know, you just got to uh, make it your daily lifestyle. And I had this one client, uh, he, he was a large guy. Uh, he was kind of in my neighborhood of 368. And we were working out in the weight room and he was getting, he was really discouraged. He's telling me that, that he wasn't making enough progress. And so I walked him over to the uh, weight rack where the dumbbells were. And I had him, I said, I pointed to the dumbbells, I said, pick that one up and hold it. And now walk this way, walk this way. And go ahead and put it back on the rack. And that was 80 pounds. Wow. He lost, he lost 80 pounds and he forgot that he lost 80 pounds. So I said to him, just imagine uh, you've got this weight tied to you and you got to go upstairs. You got to, you know, you, you can't get a booth in a uh, restaurant. You're too big. And, you know, you, you got to celebrate your successes too. That that helps with the yo-yo dieting. So inspirational, Mark. I swear that what you've been able to do for yourself and do for others and how you can get people to see that perspective. It's incredible. I want to just encourage everybody out there. Uh, I've appreciated having Mark on the show today. Just want to remind everybody uh, to find Mark. He did not like the name big man, but I bet he liked the one X big man, right? That X made it a big difference. Uh, visit him at xbigman.com. Uh, you can schedule a consultation with Mark. Um, hear his story, you know, see his story there and just see how to get in touch with him and see if he might be a right fit for you in your diet and exercise journey, because I have found him uh, an incredible motivator. His story is dynamic. Uh, Mark, I know there's big things ahead for you. So I'm so grateful that you were able to take the time to be with us on the show today. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Great. Thank you. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. Thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.